Lesbia. That's Kayla. And that's Sarah. Today we're talking about sex. Yay. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Such a good song. I don't know what the next part is. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Ah. Yeah. It's just the whole song is, you know. <laughs> do they ever actually talk about sex? In it, or? Uh, they do. Or do they talk about talking about sex? Uh, oh, man, I'd have to go back and listen. But I, I recently read something about that song that they were like super groundbreaking in the 90s that they played that song on the radio uh, mm. because I think I think it was it was very much like a pro take control of your sex life women like uh, it it wasn't necessarily like a sexy song like uh, you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> but speaking of taking charge of your sex life yes <laughs> we had someone in the Facebook group saying that we were promoting a conservative agenda is that what she said uh something like we oh we were shaming teens yeah, for having sex and that from our last episode yes not our last one but one of the last ones uh it was the um keep it on the down low and we were talking about down regulation and birth control mm, yes i think what it came down to is that she thought we were Um, shaming teenagers for having sex and think that the only option should be abstinence, which we don't. And I made a point to tell her that I think that teenagers should be educated on all of their options, including abstinence. And the other thing was, I guess she thinks that we're like anti-hormonal birth control, which is also not true. Um, I mean, we've both used birth control in the past and Um, I mean, we're not against it. We just caution people about using it long term or using it to mask symptoms of another problem that they should maybe be addressing. Uh, And we just want everybody to like, you know, do their own research and look at the facts and make the decision that's best for them. It was probably my comment saying that doctors give teens birth control for reasons that aren't like... They're like, oh, I have acne. Here's some birth control. (laughs) But really, they are doing it. (laughs) Or both are true. (laughs) Well, and then I just, I said that that there's other ways to cure teenage stupidity. I actually think that's what she didn't like. And what, that teenagers can be stupid? (laughs) (laughs) Or just that we were shaming them for having sex, which... We were. We're, we're not teen, we're not shaming them for having sex. That doesn't mean <laughs> she she thinks that we're pro abstinence, which we just want to put that out there. We are not trying to push a pro abstinence agenda. You like raise your kids how you want. I don't care what you do. Um, no, like like I said, I don't care what teenagers do. No, unless like it's my teenager. I don't have a teenager. Exactly. At the moment. Right. You do you. I mean, I, that was totally tongue in cheek, but teenagers are stupid. Like, you know what I mean? They're just, they're not mature, responsible adults yet. No, they're going to, now we're going to have someone mad at us saying, because we said teenagers we're are stupid. We're just but speaking in hyperbole. <laughs> it's not. My 
teenage little sister-in-law would agree with me and she's 17 so mm-hmm. like I was mostly she speaking for myself yeah. I used my own life as an example we just we don't care who's on birth control no we don't care we don't care like if you want to get on birth control now as an adult go ahead we don't care we're just saying we just have a problem with people using it long term to cover up symptoms of something like endometriosis or PCOS without addressing the actual diagnosis. And then they're, you know, 15 years later, they're trying to get pregnant and they, they've never addressed the, their endo or their PCOS. And now it's hard for them. That's the only... Well, and then like being in menopause pretty much in your whole 20s, like when you get off of it, it you, you might not get your fertility back. Yeah, it's just that idea of you shut down your body and force it not to do the thing that it is naturally doing for that long of course it's going to have a hard time just like turning back on yeah like if you're cool not having kids and you want to be on birth control but our podcast is about trying to have kids (laughs) (laughs) and it's just our opinion Look it up for yourself and do your own research and make your own educated decision. So we're yeah. just two people with two opinions. It's, you know, if you disagree with us, that's fine. Like, I don't care we're that We're not she, doctors. Yeah, I don't. I actually appreciate when people say, hey, I disagreed with this. That's fine. Um, but I didn't really like the accusation that we're, like, pushing some kind of weird propaganda on you guys because I don't think we are. No, we don't care. No. Do what you Either want. Way. That's, do that's my you, motto yeah. for life. Do what you want. <laughs> okay, so there was that. And then we have two corrections from that episode. No, the last episode. Mandy sent us two corrections. We were talking on our PCOS awareness uh, episode um, about... We were talking about the drug Cetra Relics that you said they've been testing for to, quote, cure PCOS, right? On mice, yeah, on mice, and we're like, "What is Cetra relics? Is it a combination of Cetra tide and Gana relics? It's not. It's just well, I I didn't know. Yeah, we didn't know. Cetra relics is just the generic of Cetra tide. Finally, my question has been answered. There you go. (laughs) And it's like Gana relics. It suppresses ovulation, and you do snort it, and it's. But it, it's different, though, right? It's like a different compound. Probably. But they both suppress ovulation is the point. I mean, they're... But sometimes, like, different drugs suppresses it differently. Right, right. Yes, that would be so, correct. Th- they're not the same. I don't know. No, I didn't mean they're the same drug. I just meant they um, do the same thing. They suppress ovulation. Oh, no, no. I was just working it out in my head. Oh. <laughs> um. But I don't see very many women in the United States using Cetratide or Cetra Relics. No. It seems like most of the people that I've heard, it's like in they're either in Australia or Great Britain. I don't know if it's widely used in other places. What's that like to snort a drug? <laughs> I want to know. Somebody tell that me. That sounds painful. It- Gana Relics burns. I don't know how it would feel going up your nose. Yeah, I don't... It doesn't sound fun. 
Especially, like, what and, if someone at work yeah. comes into your office and sees you snorting? <laughs> it's like... It's, it's allergy meds, okay? <laughs> and then... And then now there's a rumor going around at work that you're a coke addict or something. Well, I think that it's um, a liquid. So You snort a liquid? Yeah, like allergy medicine. Oh, like a like a spray? Like a sprayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That, you I don't do a line. I was literally picturing someone doing a line at work. The doctor's like, make sure to use a new $100 bill right. to snort this. <laughs> Get those Chris Benjamins. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I don't have any. I'm doing IVF. <laughs> and then the other one was hypoprolactinemia. We're like, does that mean too much or too little? It's under. It's too little. Yes. Underproduction of prolactin. Hypo generally means underproducing like hypothyroidism and hyper is like too much yeah exactly just think of hyper Ah! (laughs) um we had um a few weeks ago we read an email from kaylin who was asking if anyone out there had food sensitivities related to their endometriosis which i just found like so fascinating and she sent us a follow-up email that gave us a little bit more detail into that. So I wanted to like cover that with everyone as well, just in case anyone else might find themselves in this situation. Um, so she took birth control for 10 years and she says that she never had any symptoms because she was taking birth control. So she didn't know that this was going on with her endo. She didn't know how bad it was. Um, she went off the birth control when she started trying to conceive and she started having these allergic reactions to certain foods. Um, and at first it was like just when she would drink beer or cider and she just thought that it was something with that. So she switched to wine and sulfur. It kept happening. <laughs> and then, it, yeah, anyway, like through her own painstakingly slow, like elimination of certain foods here and there, she finally figured out that it was foods with sulfites in them. Ah. So wine was not a good choice for her to switch to. <laughs> Wine's like way worse. Yeah. So she cleaned up her diet. And by the way, she had this like crazy reaction that she went to like an acute allergic, like hives everywhere, throat closing up, can't breathe kind of thing. Um, and she went to a doctor and they just thought it was like a random, they just like gave her an inhaler and some steroids and like sent her on her way. Anyway, she figured out that it was food with sulfites and she also figured out that her endo symptoms were way worse when she ate these foods that she was having these reactions to. I hope I'm getting all this right, Kaylin. Just correct me if I'm not. Anyway, because I'm going off my memory. I'm not reading the email. Anyway, she, long story short, she had a laparoscopy and the doctor took out a dollar size amount of endo, which seems like a lot, right? I'm guessing a paper dollar size, like American dollar. Yeah. As a, not like a gold dollar, silver dollar. Wouldn't those still be American? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but they're different sizes than, like, a paper one. Yeah, no. I was picturing a 
dollar bill. Yes. Which seems like a lot. Um, In that case, it could be a hundred dollar bill. Yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway. She had a lot of endo she removed. She had a lot of endo removed. And then, get this, everybody. These food sensitivities, like, totally subsided. So... She started slowly adding things back into her diet, and now she doesn't have any any weird reactions. So, and now she drinks a bottle of wine a night. Yeah, just because she can. <laughs> I mean, why not? No, I think she did say she still has a super clean diet because she noticed that oh. <laughs> that she felt a lot better when she wasn't eating processed foods and stuff and such. But yes. She can have some wine every once in a while now. So. I'm sure her liver likes that she doesn't drink a bottle of wine every night. Right. But I just thought that was so interesting that the this weird, like, food allergy or sensitivity is, like, related to her endometriosis. So something to think about, everyone. Anyway. The more you know. Yeah. Um, do you want to play this Facebook, this video, Sarah? What is this video you have here? <laughs> it's a video that someone posted in the Facebook group. Oh. Yeah. I just It's a meme and it's it says when your promiscuous when your most promiscuous friend works out. Yeah. But, and she's like But then whoever posted it in our Facebook group said like or when you're ovulating. And she's just like sitting on a a little <laughs> like a tiny trampoline and she's bouncing <laughs> on her butt it's like ee, 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 ee. <laughs> well i'll insert a little clip here place your hands next to you on the mat and begin a very gentle bouncing up and down as you get better lift one leg up and as it tires alternate legs <laughs> and simply bounce holding it there and just simply bounce when you get to a more advanced so degree, funny. you can lift both legs up and put your body into a V shape. <laughs> it's so funny. I just, I was, I had tears rolling down my face. People yeah, I was are laughing like, really hard too. What's going on? They <laughs> don't but it's even funnier if you listen to it without watching the video, which is why I thought it would or be if funny. You could just see her head. Yeah. It'd be funny too, because her hair is bouncing. Yes, yeah, and, and she's <laughs> totally serious about it. Oh, she's a hundred percent serious. She's she's uh, what do you think the year is in this video? Nineteen eighty-three. Yeah, <laughs> and. What's the phrase she keeps saying? Just bounce with it. Just bounce with it. <laughs> oh. And then they put a song behind it. It's too funny. You guys should watch it. It's really funny. <laughs> it's in our Facebook group. It is. If you're not in our Facebook group, you should join it. It's called the Infertile Mafia. Uh, so we're talking about sex and infertility. People like... Multiple people said they were excited about this topic, and then I felt a lot of pressure, like we needed to come up with some magical cure for them, <laughs> but there's just not. Right? Uh, yeah. I don't know. 
Well, I mean, it's just, we're just here to talk about it to, like, basically offer solidarity like we do with everything else because there's, I just feel like infertility, there's no way it's not going to affect your sexual relationship with your spouse. Like, it's just going to happen. I think it would be extremely rare that it wouldn't put some kind of negative pressure on a couple, you know, that they could come through that totally unscathed, so to speak. So yeah. just so we get that out there up top, it affects everyone. So you're not alone if you feel like, man, this really sucks that I feel like my relationship is suffering with my husband or my boyfriend or whatever, your significant other. So you're having sex with someone other than someone you're married to? <laughs> oh, no. You guys should be abstinent before marriage. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll <Yeah>. stop. <laughs> so I was thinking, like, what kind of advice I would have liked to hear back when this was most definitely happening with me and Bill. And so the two things I thought of which was just, like, to try try to squash the self-doubt that you have because I feel like especially if depending on if there's only one person in the relationship where that has the infertility diagnosis then that person has even more pressure added to them and you have these thoughts like well he would have a baby by now if it wasn't for me or she would be able you know and it's like you're in my head <laughs> Did you think that about Peter? Yeah. Yeah. I did. Right. And it, I mean, that's obviously not going to help your sex life or it's not going to, it's just, yeah, it's such an, it's filling your head with this, these negative thoughts that are not going to be helpful for your intimate relationship. And Mm -hmm. I was, I just saw this the other day in the Facebook from Steph. I'm sure she's not going to care if I share this, but, um, telling someone to that was kind of having these self-doubts like to treat treat it like it's any other illness and think about how you would treat your significant other if they were diagnosed with cancer or some other disease you wouldn't you would stand by them and you would think we're going to get through this together and you wouldn't treat it like you know if <laughs> it's a one person thing yeah cuz it's not you're you're in it together So just that would be my first like piece of advice (laughs) is to try to squash your self-doubt. And then number three, number two is just to remember that intimacy is not all about physical sex. So I think this is a great time to strengthen and cultivate your relationship in other ways. That's what happened in our case. Like, when the sex is no longer just fun, whatever, like, just for fun, (laughs) you, at least in my case, tended to, and and when you're going through something hard together, Mm -hmm. then you tend to lean on each other, and it often strengthens your relationship. It doesn't always happen. Or you lean away from each other. I know. Sometimes it's definitely, opposite. yeah, drives a wedge. That would be something I would encourage people to do is that is just to remember that there's other ways to be intimate 
aside from having sex. Like what? Like, um, you know, cuddling, just having dinner together and having like a nice conversation. Um, and don't, and, and I think it's worth saying to like, um, have dedicated time where you do not talk about infertility or treatments or whatever like that topic is off limits but you just put more of a focus on the things you enjoy together um yeah do something fun together yeah like if you like to bowl go out on a bowling date (laughs) yeah i just saw a really funny video about bowling fails oh yeah like what like people would throw the ball and hit the ceiling <laughs> or knock themselves down as they're trying to throw it that sounds fun <laughs> yeah like you could watch videos like that together yeah if you're into or, like weird animal videos watch that together just do <laughs> Like, what kind of weird animal videos are you talking about? I don't about? know. I just, I just, people like animal videos and I'm not, I'm, I'm always like, why does everyone like this so much? <laughs> you know, like when the lion cub milks the puppy or whatever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that video I put on Facebook of the dog eating cheese? And it was like. See, like that. No, I didn't see it. But people love animal videos. I'm always like. I don't get it. <laughs> it's funny and hey, cute. Speaking of bowling, I took bowling in college. Fun fact. Like as a class? Uh-huh. You had to they have... offered that as a class? They did. You have to have three hours of, quote, physical education. <laughs> I'm like looking at the class list. Which of these requires the least athletic ability? Let's do bowling. You know, I think my brother took bowling, too. Mm-hmm. Now that I think of it, that's kind of a waste of time. It's 100% a waste of time and a lot of money. I'm sure my parents were like, really? <laughs> but yeah, just uh, know that this is, this is, a, I keep, I keep wanting to say hard time and then in the context of sex, I'm trying to use a different word, difficult. Just know this is a difficult yeah. time and focus on other parts. Focus on strengthening other parts of your relationship because it is not all about sex. It's just not. Like, that really is not the number one thing in your relationship. So, would you say, even if you're not feeling like it, like, would you do it for the other person? Do what? Like, have sex <laughs> with them. Oh, well, yeah, I feel like most married people do that occasionally, right? Yeah, I mean, I... Just me? (laughs) No, I I do, but other people are like, I don't feel like it, so I'm not going to do it. I'm like, but what what if the other person wants to and you just keep turning them down? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's another topic for another show. No, I mean, it's not like they're forcing you into it. No. But you're like... Once you get into it, you're like, oh, yeah, this is fine. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> well, but you bring up a good point because I feel like when you are, especially when you're doing like 
Which when you're when you first start trying to conceive, you are trying to time it on your own. Yeah. And so there's you know when you have a quote fertile window and all of a sudden you just have to like snap into place and like be sexy. Not not be sexy, but you you have to like it's there's nothing spontaneous about it anymore. And it's just like like you were to your point, what if you're not feeling it? And so mm-hmm. then that starts to, like months and months of that that starts to take it starts to make you have a negative association with the act of sex if you're basically forcing yourself to do it when you're not really feeling it just for the sake of having a baby. It just becomes so medical. And you could you could get some of those dirty books off of Amazon and read them. Maybe that'll put you in the mood. Like you mean like the like the harlot <laughs> revels the romance yeah <laughs> is that the right word harlot harlequin harlequin <laughs> like, it's like that doesn't yeah. sound right they're like a dollar on there there you if go you have amazon prime i don't know if you have it that. i i do i do maybe Sometimes i should free there's just some light reading on your nightstand yeah and then you'll be like mm, maybe i'm feeling like it <laughs> So we wanted to read some listener comments from you guys, but before we do, I thought it was worth mentioning the three things that people, like, there was a very common theme that kept coming back from you guys. And number one was that timed sex sucks. Yep, it does. Mm -hmm. Number two, a lot of you stopped telling your husband boyfriend whatever about your quote fertile window and that seemed to help so it took the pressure off of them but I would think that only works if you're like really doing it very regularly because I mean if you're not that's not gonna work still gonna have to (laughs) say aren't you doing it (laughs) regularly (laughs) You're like, not now. No, I was not. <laughs> I told you, like, that took a hit for sure. I'm perfectly oh. fine being honest about it. It was it was hard. It was hard. Guys, it was hard. Anyway. <laughs> you need to take video with this because you can't see my face. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard in more ways than one. That's my alter ego, my candy no, dish voice. No, it wasn't hard in more than... <laughs> it was hard in one way. You're right. It was not hard. It was hard way. in only one way and not the way you Poor want. Poor Bill. <laughs> well, it wasn't that... It wasn't that we couldn't. It was just... it, Like so many other people have said, it just... The, the pressure of doing it, of, of having it timed every month just like sucked all the fun out of it to where you were just like... Oh, I don't even want to do this anymore. And there was a lot of good stuff on TV at the time. Right. And you're like, uh, do I watch another episode of American Idol or do we have sex? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess we'll watch American Idol. I don't watch American Idol, but I know a lot of people do. Um, okay. And then the last thing, do you watch American Idol? <laughs> no. I do not. The Voice? Any of those? No. America's Got no, Talent. I don't. Yeah, no, I don't watch mm-hmm. any of them either. Um, the last thing was that most people felt a lot better 
after they saw an RE or when they moved on to IVF. I was definitely in that category. Like when, when they weren't trying to do it on their own anymore. Yeah. And, and when you move on to IVF, it really takes the sex pressure off (laughs) because then it's like you, you're back to being able to do it really whenever you want. Like, yeah. You know, other than there are some times where you can't have sex through an IVF cycle, but for the most part, the pressure's off in terms of like timing your sex. Well, I had that, I had a lap before we went to IVF and it seemed to like mess things up. Uh oh. Oh no. So, do you want to elaborate? I'm super curious. It was just like I would tear every time. Oh no. So it's like the surgery, and then after the surgery, I got a yeast infection. Oh, no. And that seemed to mess things up because (laughs) no one told me that antibiotics can cause yeast infection. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. Your doctor didn't tell you that? No. Ladies, antibiotics can cause yeast infections. I had no idea. So, like, after doing that surgery, it seemed to, like, mess things up, so... Uh, even through IVF, like, things were still messed up. And pregnancy. Aw. Why do you but think your lap caused you to... <laughs> I think it just threw the balance off. Like, oh, like your chemical of... balance? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like hormone balance. Okay. Gotcha. And then it just took a while to get I wonder back. if that's happened to anyone else. I don't know. Did you have to, I'm sure you did, like have, after the lap, did you have like a, you can't have sex for this many weeks kind of thing? Yeah. I can't, I can't remember. Like two weeks, maybe. (laughs) I don't remember. But then the yeast infection, that might've been what it was that messed things up. Yeah. Could have, but they just both happened at the same time. So you're not sure which, yeah. Okay. And yeah, it just seemed to throw everything off. You know, there's but, a lot of things that throw everything off. And some of yeah. them are fertility drugs. <laughs> fertility drugs and, like, surgery drugs, yeah. too. Right. Maybe it was the pain medicine. Mm. Partly. But, I, I mean, I wasn't on it long. Right. So, I don't know. But something to consider. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. It's not just, it's not just, like the mind game of it it was like physically for me sure which sucks when you're working with the mind game and the physical game of like reasons why this is difficult yes (laughs) um okay so the first comment is from jessica she said ttcing in the six to eleven months before we saw an re was miserable i was using a cycle tracking app opks and BBT's basal body temp. Every time we had sex was a chore. Um, And then they eventually figured out that they were going to do IVF. She said, embracing the fact that sex was not going to lead to a baby and letting go of all the tracking has been amazing. We can occasionally have sex for fun now. During those awful months, though, we made a priority of cuddling for at least 15 to 20 minutes in bed before rolling over to go to sleep. It kept us close, despite not enjoying sexy time. Yeah, that's what I was talking about earlier. You just gotta find ways to be 
you know, the word intimate, like most people associate it with sex, but really it's not. Intimate is like being close and vulnerable with your partner. Did that sound right. therapisty? It did. <laughs> I feel better now. <laughs> but truly, that's that's more valuable than sex, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course. you know. Um, Being friends and like. Be friends. Be friends with your person. And loving each other. Yeah. <laughs> Having them be your person. Yeah. It's it's so much more rewarding than like making sure that you're doing it once a week or however often you think you should be doing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway. This next one's from Valerie. For the first year TTC, I would pretty much drag my husband to bed during my fertile window and it caused some issues. Now I try my best not to tell my husband when I'm ovulating and instead of dragging him to the bedroom, I, I attempt to make it fun for both of us by getting creative. <laughs> it It's made sex less of a chore and is bringing it back to the intimate connection it should be. Mm. So she I, means like on the kitchen table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or kitchen floor. Mm, this might be kind of dirty. In the shower, uh, just in a yeah. different bedroom, on the couch, shower is not so great. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you have a major height difference. <laughs> in a car, uh, what are on we? The dining room table. <laughs> Well, sometimes that's fun to pretend like you're a <laughs> stupid teenager. Yeah. Hey, I have a question for you that just popped into my head on this topic. Who, me? Yeah. Um, so, you know, women do all the tracking. Obviously, it's your body that's ovulating. But, mm-hmm. like, this situation that Valerie's in that so many of us, have, you know, found ourselves in when we're trying to conceive on our own. It's like... It's all, how much do you, how much um, responsibility do you think should be given to the man to like, you know, like what she was saying, she had to, when it was her fertile window, she had to drag him off to the bedroom. It's almost like you're having to do the work of like, okay, now it's time. How much, uh, how much do you think should be like, maybe the men should take some onus in that too. (laughs) I don't know. Uh... It would change the dynamic if it was a joint, like, hey, honey, when do you think you're ovulating this month? Or, like, them checking in instead of you always being the one to, like, have to drag them off to the bedroom. I think it depends on the person. Yeah. Because (laughs) Peter and I had to go through uh, the Catholic marriage whatever encounter weekend. Oh, you get married in the Catholic church. Uh Uh-huh. And they talked about, what is it called? Natural family planning. Oh. And there was this one couple, and the guy was, like, super into it. And they were really dorky. Like, (laughs) wait, you have to tell everybody what natural family planning means. It's uh, tracking your, like, basal body temperature and your mucus and... Because they didn't uh, want you to use contraception. Is there other stuff? 
Yeah, so you're trying to avoid getting pregnant. Yeah. Using this method. Uh-huh. But it was really weird because the guy was, like, super into it. <laughs> He's like, I really love checking my wife's cervical mucus. Well, I mean, they weren't married yet, but okay. he was like, yeah. Yeah, so he'd be, <laughs> he, like, one of those guys who would be... Gotcha. I see but your point. I'm, like, there are some I'm men sure that they would want to be more involved i'm sure they have like five kids by now <laughs> that's probably not the norm for most men to be like overly interested in cervical checks no it was weird you know it would it was... be easier for your husband to check your cervix than for you to do it yourself no uh, I, I mean i guess it's hard oh, yeah, to finger I yourself i forgot the cervical position that's yeah. the other one uh-huh yeah show yes yeah. Soft, high, open, and wet. <laughs> That's the yeah. sign of a fertile time. <laughs> yeah. You guys, I wish you could see Sarah's face. Anyway, I was just throwing that out there because I thought it was, I don't know, just popped into my head like in I this day and age. It depends on the person or it could just get weird because I'd be annoyed if Peter kept asking me. I'd be like, right. I'll take care of it. Don't worry. Right. But then I guess I see on the flip side of that, if you if you feel like you're like you're nagging your husband all of a sudden to be like, it's my fertile window. And he's stressed out about it because it's like go time all of a sudden. I can uh, see how that would get. Annoying. Peter's just happy to get some. Well, so. sure. <laughs> right. Yeah, I I mean, like you said, everybody's different. And I could see where prolonged months of that. I don't think I really ever was like, let's do it. I'm ovulating. Oh, I did. Well, I didn't ovulate. (laughs) Oh, well, true. But you didn't know that at first. Yeah. Right? I mean. Right. So, I mean, I did every month. It was like, okay. We have the next 24 hours that we need to do it as much as possible. No pressure. Which isn't even what you're supposed to do. I know, but I'm talking like early TTC Kayla. <laughs> you didn't know what you were doing. It's okay. No, I was I was an idiot. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, moving on. Melissa says, we've been trying for just over a year and by month three, it was no fun. During my fertile week, we would try to get it on every other day, but I swear my husband got male PMS the same week. (laughs) I stopped ever mentioning the results of the OPKs. As the months dragged on, it just got hard. It got hard. After our first visit to the RE, that really took all the pressure off. I mean, that was pretty much my exact experience, (laughs) what Melissa said. So, I get it. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Miriam says in the beginning timed intercourse was exhausting and frustrating having sex every other day just felt like a chore yeah that would feel like a chore mm-hmm. yeah also clomid mood swings aren't really an aphrodisiac no no we did find that we started growing closer and more intimate when we started doing iuis and then moving on to ivf our communication skills have improved on this journey thus improving our intimacy. 
Being able to express our feelings and work through the emotional roller coaster has brought us together and brought back the spice to the bedroom. For <laughs> flirty texts and lingerie doesn't hurt either. <laughs> Miriam and Dan. Should we role play them in this situation too? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that outfit. Oh, you this old thing? Dan, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Let's bang. <laughs> oh, Miriam and Dan. I don't anyway. know what Dan looks like, but I I have a picture in my mind of what he looks like. And, I, well, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. I, I imagine just... him to have, like, light colored hair. Yeah. Were you thinking darker colored hair? No, I was thinking light colored hair. And I... Yeah. And I honestly I don't know what Miriam looks like either but to me in my mind she's like kind of got dark exotic features I don't know if that's true or not I don't know (laughs) I mean I just see a little circle Facebook picture right right (laughs) Uh, that's great though I love that she said uh, that being able to express our feelings and work through this roller coaster has brought us together and brought back the spice. That's great. That's what that's that's the best case scenario that comes out of this is like one of those hopefully positive unintended consequences of infertility. So you come out of it stronger together. Um, Kaylin says, thankfully, the only time my husband and I struggled with intimacy was during our two failed rounds of IUI when I triggered. And the doctor advised us, this is so weird, I never heard of this, to have sex three times in a 36-hour window and once or twice after that. The pressure was way too much on both of us and it made it miserable. Besides (laughs) those two months, I think we look at sex as everything but trying to make a baby since we know it's not going to happen naturally. So we just keep it fun and enjoy ourselves. Totally. Sorry I laughed when you said it made it miserable. I was just imagining them being like, oh, not again. <laughs> it It is, though. It's just this crazy, like, when you first get married, you never think that you're going to have that. First of all, you never think your doctor is going to prescribe sex three times in a 36-hour window. That alone is just, like, What do you think a... we are, teenagers? <laughs> And then once or twice after that, I have never heard of that. For an IUI, does no, that mean? I don't know. Does that mean she did the IUI and then the doctor told her them to also have sex on top of that? Well, I don't it know. sounded like they did it three times before the IUI and then twice after. Yeah, too it's just too I much. Triggered, and then sperm. the doctor. Yep, that's right. No, too much like semen. That is a lot of semen. Plus, Mm. doing it so much kind of takes the quality down. Yeah, that's what confuses me. Like, most doctors say to abstain for a time, like two to three days before giving a sample or doing an IUI or IVF or something. Like, they tell you not to do it every day. I don't, I don't understand. (laughs) Whatever. But, and she's right, as soon as you can, as soon as you know you can't have, as soon as you know you can't make a baby, quote, naturally with sex, it takes the pressure off. 
and then it can be fun again. Yeah, I mean, that's how it is for us because <laughs> I'm never getting pregnant naturally. Right. Not if having guys... tubes will do that. Yeah, that'll do it. Which I don't <laughs> mind. I don't mind. It's fine. Yeah. Especially, like, when you're not trying to get pregnant. Exactly. Like, you don't have to, like, wonder, could I be pregnant? Nope. You can't get pregnant. <laughs> you don't have to do any natural family planning. You don't have no. to be checking anything. You don't need to be fingering yourself. You don't need to be pulling cervical mucus, checking to see that it's egg white. None of that. Nope. Nothing. Nope. Which so, is great. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's still that question of, like, could I get pregnant? I don't could think I, I be- can. So, we. So you're, I mean, you're not even day, worrying about it. Oh no, no, I I don't think twice about it. I'm just like, nope, it's not gonna happen. I still like. Maybe talk I'll to be one of those who... people with a miracle baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like I need to backtrack because someone's gonna get mad that I said miracle baby. I'm not. I'm not making fun of people who get pregnant after doing IVF because we've said that a bunch that it happens to a lot of people. It's like it your body figures it out. So it happens. So I'm not making fun of anyone because, I mean, it happened to a really good friend of mine <laughs> did IVF and now she's pregnant, quote, naturally. Anyway. I've, I've seen it happen to people who adopted embryos. Yeah. Like, that's even. Crap. That's She's like, oh, <laughs> we can get pregnant. What if, do you think this has ever happened? You adopt an embryo, you transfer it, and then you get in the same cycle. You get pregnant naturally, and then you have twins with, like, totally different DNA. That would be very unlikely, but You know it's, I bet it's happened somewhere. Well, seems like a lot of people get pregnant once they like get matched with an adoption yeah yeah why don't you just adopt and then you'll get pregnant i'm just yeah i i've seen it happen like multiple times but i mean they the people like i saw someone recently who had that happen and i think they did ivf at the same time oh okay so they got matched to a birth mom and then either got pregnant through IVF or not I don't remember but they basically had two newborns yes so they're not technically twins in that case but everyone's gonna think they are that sounds like my ideal twin situation (laughs) (laughs) well right because you don't have to birth both of them yeah can you imagine the because I cannot tell you I've I've talked about this before the number of people that stop you on the street when you have twins and they the first question they ask is are they twins and in this case you'd be like no <laughs> they're not no <laughs> have you ever told people like no what do you think they are <laughs> no i haven't i haven't been that bitchy <laughs> sometimes i've wanted to should be like what are you talking about there's no children here. Oh, there's two of them? Whoop. <laughs> I have a stowaway. It's crazy what people ask you. But that one would be fun to be like, nope, they're not twins. Here's the deal. They're not twins, but I gave... 
They'd be so, like, okay, this is too much information. Yeah, they're like, I'm trying. sorry I asked. And they just start backing away slowly. I was just trying to be nice. Right. <laughs> I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who's next here? Missy. For us, time sex sucked. I almost dreaded having sex. However, we refound the spark after trying to conceive for about a year and a half by making a date of us going to Fredericks of Hollywood. Ooh, oh, ow, ow. I've and never picking... seen one of those in person. I don't think I have either. I mean, I know what it is, but anyway, yeah. it's a it's like a in case it's like someone Victoria's else. Secret, but kinkier, kinkier. Yeah. Um. Picking something sexy for me to wear after our date. We go to dinner, laughed, I got tipsy. When we went home, I got all sexy. It was a lot of fun. So, oh, and then she, she writes about how it happened a while ago, but now, like, when she wears that little whatever she bought there, <laughs> they get a flashback of the fun that they had. So, there's an idea. Go lingerie shopping together. You know, I think I did ha- get some lingerie before the IVF. Yeah? Yeah, now that I think of it, Peter liked it. I think I did too. I mean, when you start sensing that, oh, this is becoming a chore, of course you try to do things to spice it up. Those we first act- ones. Yeah. We actually listened to a podcast called Sex Nerd Sandra Podcast. It's not on anymore. Have you listened to that before? Mm-mm. What but is it? it was like she talked about like sex stuff. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Well, did it like like giving you tips or advice or something? Yeah, and she had a co-host who was a comedian. Oh, that sounds it was, fun. It was funny, and then she got rid of him, and then it sucked. So we oh. listening after that, but gotcha. It, I bet it, there are podcasts out there like that, though. Yeah. You could yeah. listen to the old ones. That's like the new way of doing, um, what was that per- person people used to write in, the Sunday paper? What was her name? Oh, that lady? Yeah. I forgot her name. Yeah, the, yeah I can't remember her name. The but advice was, column? Yeah. Not that I, th- I don't think. Doctor something. I don't think she was giving tons of like explicit sexual advice in the Sunday paper. No, she was. No, she had a TV show. She was a cute old lady, and she's like, take his balls. Oh and no no no! Yeah no, she's amazing. That's not who I'm thinking of. But yes. Oh. Oh, what is her name? The old lady that gave all the sex advice. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. She is amazing. <laughs> She was so cute. And then she'd she say all so these cute. dirty things. Yeah, which is hilarious coming out of, like, this cute grandma-looking lady. <laughs> this lady. Yeah, it was Dr. Sue. She, oh my gosh, she was dirty. How to give a proper blowjob. Yes. There she is. Oh my gosh, look at her. She's what still is she alive. Holding? A dildo. <gasps> Amazing. <laughs> Guys, go watch Dr. S- Dr. Sue. Dr. Sue. If you just need a good laugh and maybe some practical tips on, well, blowjob's not going to help you get pregnant, but maybe some other advice <laughs> on keeping it spicy. Didn't she do her show with Dr. Drew? I 
think so. Yeah. Was it on yeah. MTV? I can't it was, remember what it was. It was, yeah, or E! or Bravo, one of those, like, late at night. Yeah. Yeah. What's the, uh, Danelli, that's the next one. Do you want to read that one? Yeah. I can't on. remember. He hasn't been allowed to touch me since mid-July, is what she says. Every time we get to when it's supposed to be allowed again, something else happens and it gets pushed back again. So sometimes you can't even have sex because of your treatments. Yep. Sometimes you physically can't because of like what Sarah was saying earlier. You have a surgery or you have a this or that. Do you remember what times when you're actually doing IVF you can't? I think after egg retrieval stims. and after embryo transfer. During stims? Yeah. I don't remember that. You don't want to, like, be getting stabbed in the uterus and have your ovary twist or something. <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, my doctor said not to do it. I don't remember them saying to avoid it, but it makes sense. And then until six weeks, I think. Oh, when, you're, when you get pregnant? Yes. Yeah. You know, I wonder if they're also afraid of, like, what if someone accidentally ovulates before? I'm sure that's happened, too. I don't then, know. They shouldn't let that happen. Well, no, but if they only see you every couple of days, it's possible. I guess, but that like, I mean, does not happen very often, people. No, don't but... Don't get scared. No, don't get scared, but... If you're, like, you know this has happened where someone doesn't take their Ganarelics right. Or, like, the one that's supposed to keep you from ovulating. Mm-hmm. And then that's they ovulate. Ganarelics. Yeah. So, you know it's happened. But maybe that's yeah. another reason why they tell you not to, to avoid. Maybe. I don't know. Plus, that. they want a good sample. Yeah. So, you basically, no sex during stims. None after egg retrieval, none after embryo transfer, and none after a positive beta. So it's pretty much the whole time. Ooh, definitely not after egg retrieval. Oh, no. No. Mm-mm. That would hurt, and you yes. could introduce bacteria. Ugh. Were you, you sore after your egg retrieval? I was yeah. super sore. I was in so much pain. Mm-hmm. It was rough. Yeah. And then it it got worse before it got better, but totally worth it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, okay, Sarah says our intimacy was completely gone before we started IVF. My husband felt a lot of pressure around my fertile window, and we even argued a few times. But once we started IVF, the burden was lifted, and we returned to intimacy, and it's been great. This entire experience has definitely brought us closer in more ways than one. Traveling also helps us. Being away, especially in a romantic setting, really sets the mood. Yeah. Maybe go on a mini vacation. Yeah. I haven't traveled since 2013. (laughs) Oh, Sarah. That's so sad. I know. Like, since we started IVF, we just haven't traveled. It's expensive. Yeah, and it's just like, do we use the time to do IVF or do we use and money yeah money yeah but like Peter can't leave work often so Mm -hmm. 
Puts you'll get there. Y- you need you need like you and Peter need an epic vacation someday in a few in like a year. <laughs> I don't see that happening, but maybe, <laughs> maybe traveling too. to like Chicago. We'll come visit. That you. would be amazing, and you'd have a free place a to stay. Fun. So yeah, I would take down some of the cost. Well, I um, like staying in hotels. I think that's fun too. Like absolutely, I was just gonna say I'm pretty sure if you're in a big city like Chicago or you're close to one, it's like don't underestimate the power or the idea of getting a hotel for the night and just mixing it up. Yeah, that'd be a it lot can of be fun. fun. Yeah, go to the city, have a nice dinner together, get a little tipsy. Take your taxi. Don't drive. Take your taxi back to the hotel or your Uber. I've never mm. been in an Uber. No? Oh, my gosh. I use them all the time. I so. accidentally followed someone, like, added someone on Facebook. I accidentally said, hey, let's be friends to this girl <laughs> who commented in a local group, and she sounded crazy. So I was looking at her profile, and then I accidentally added her as a friend. Oh, no. And she drives an Uber. Oh, so I would not lady. want her driving me around. <laughs> if that's your only experience with Uber, I can understand your hesitation. <laughs> Someday I will try it. When you come visit on your vacation with Peter, we'll take an Uber. <laughs> this is very exciting stuff, guys. We'll take an Uber Kay. to the L. <laughs> we'll ride a train. Yeah, I want to ride the train. All the mundane things. Give you a Chicago hot dog, maybe some deep dish Mm. pizza. Yeah. Hit up a Cubs game. These are, now it's getting better. I think that'd be fun. Sounds fun. Yeah, it is. I like Joanna's. She does it quickly in random places. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And like. Kendall says that they had such a high sex drive, they just had sex daily. Dang. And that what sucked for them was when the doctor told them to drop back to every other day because it's morphology diagnosis. Kendall. Like, Kendall. You energizer bunnies, you. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jenna talked about things like talk, uh, fantasies and toys to keep things interesting. Toys, yes. Dirty talk, foreplay. She listed a lot of things. Sending yeah. him pics. Make sure oh. if you're going to send a pic, Don't put make your face sure in it. you know where you're sending it. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> um, let's skip over. Let's skip down to Brittany. All right. She said, there's, she, she says, nothing constructive to add here, but how do you keep it spicy when you're on suppositories for longer than two weeks? Those were the worst times for us. (laughs) Yeah, those suppositories did not help with my problems. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) So some people gave her some advice, but yeah, for people who don't know about the suppositories, you basically are just, like, chunking white discharge out of your vag all day, right? Like mixing, it's like mixing baking soda with water. Yes. 
And I never took them, so I can't tell you how I know that. Oh. <laughs> so it's like kind of grainy. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I picture it. It's a ton of fun. Um, so Ashley, I love Ashley's. Do you want to read it? No, you can. I'm... Okay. So Ashley's husband, Jake, was injured in Afghanistan. So he has partial, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Paralysis? Yeah. 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 So she says, this is where Jake and I are freaks of nature. Sex and paralysis is, well, different. We still do it, of course, but when there's multiple medications and bowel and bladder routines to deal with first, there never has been and never will be a ton of spontaneity in what we call, quote, monkeying. <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> I think that's what was so amazingly different for me when I met Jake. He's always been more emotion-based when it comes to intim- intimacy versus the average man who basically wants to do it and can do it 24-7 with no notice. Um, not to say he doesn't still have those needs and urges. It's his body that's broken, not his brain and hormones. But as he says himself, quote, I'm more like a lady when it comes to the emotional satisfaction sex brings, especially since I have an ejaculation. Therefore, cuddling, caressing words and other non-sexual actions have been strong players in our intimacy game. Aww. That's sweet. And then she shared a really funny story with us about how he peed on her one time. <laughs> it's funny. I didn't see that story. Some people, I, are, you know what that's called? Uh, the golden shower. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, she, she says that he joked that he marked his territory. <laughs> yeah. Ew. That's yeah, so sweet. Some people are into that. <laughs> I'm not sure Ashley is, though. Yeah, I don't think it was like. No, it was not fun. intentional. Like, I I'm sharing it because she put it in the same post, so I assume she's okay with me sharing it. But <laughs> it it's due to his condition. Sometimes it comes on suddenly when he has to go to the bathroom, and so oh, she man. talks about how he they were like having sex, and he basically like threw her off the bed, <laughs> like oh no. <laughs> <laughs> At least and he tried. I know. I, you know, we love Jake and Ashley. They're, yeah, they're great. Yeah, they're really funny. You guys are awesome. <laughs> Thank you guys for sharing that. Uh, Emma says, we take turns praying every night for strength and courage to get through this. That's a good one. No, no. Uh, Leslie, and um, she says she's really appreciated, uh, grown to appreciate her husband and his support. And it's brought them closer I know the opposite is possible in a relationship, but I'd say that kind words of appreciation and loving touches go far. And sex is great when you're feeling loved and loved in return. Her point was like what I was talking about earlier about cultivating other aspects of intimacy. And that has worked well for them, which is why I ended on that one to kind of drive that point home. Leslie also says she hopes that all the listeners are in a good place with their partners. Yeah, that's very nice of you, Leslie. It is because she was in a previous marriage where she felt totally alone dealing with infertility, which is would be extremely hard and painful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every time I use the word hard, oh my gosh. What am I, a 12-year-old boy? I think you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm but glad I'm, you're in a better place. 
yeah and your husband now is so great to you yeah that's what you want thanks everyone for sharing yeah we're just gonna skip out of the box because this was was long yeah happy baby making i think we sprinkled some out of the box type of things in there oh for sure like bowling (laughs) yeah bowling for school (laughs) uh taking my bowling class has done nothing for my bowling game i'll tell you that we actually bowled in high school for gym your high school had a bowling alley no they bust us to the bowling alley. oh <laughs> wow seems kind of stupid because the classes were like what 45 minutes that does seem stupid <laughs> that seems like why don't you just kick a ball out there and let let you go at it <laughs> like a normal yeah. pe class anyway, anyway. <laughs> Join our closed Facebook groups called the Infertile Mafia. And then inside that one, there's one that's called Bosses and Babies. Follow us on Instagram at Infertile Mafia Podcast. Feel free to send us an email to infertilemafia at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to hear more talk about eggs and balls and stuff and sex. (laughs) Lots of sex talk, (laughs) obviously. And in our next episode, we're talking about stems. Which is when you don't have sex, we just said. IVF stem protocols and all the good drugs. That's what we're talking about. Uh, That's where we're going next. I don't know if these are the good drugs, but... I think they're the good drugs. They're some of the best drugs. Oh, I I see what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) I'm picking up what you're putting down now. (laughs) I mean, they're expensive drugs, so they better be good. They're very expensive, and they help you get pregnant. So there's that. Yes, they do what they're supposed to do most of the time. And most people tolerate them very well. So there's that, too. Yeah. 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 But that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. Um, And as always, guys, thanks for joining the Infertile Mafia. Bye. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that Let's talk about sex a little bit.